Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the go. Wherever you happen to be, wherever you're traveling on this uh, vacation week, we're so glad to have you tuning in. We are going to be looking at the story of the transfiguration as it's told in the Gospel of Matthew, the transfiguration of Jesus Christ. We're going to hear a sermon on becoming light. But before we do that, it's time to get ready for the word as it is offered to us. Uh, As we listen to this morning's anthem, My Lord, What a Morning. Begin. 
scripture today is Matthew 17, 1 through 7. And after we read it, you may want to keep your finger there to use as a cheat sheet. So Matthew 17, 1 through 7, the transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as bright as light. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. Any questions? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray for help. Holy God, your mysteries are beyond our imaginations. Open our minds and hearts this morning that we might receive your word and be transformed by it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. How about if we use the tried and true five W's, who, what, when, where, and why, to investigate the transfiguration? We can easily ascertain three of them, who, when, and where, from the text. Who are the main who's here? Fleetingly, we have Elijah and Moses, two deceased prophets, who are maybe there to lend authority. But the focus is on the bright and shining Jesus and a few of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. And by extension, maybe us as well, if we call ourselves disciples. We should think about that because to call oneself a disciple, at least in Jesus' day, meant to try to become as near to a replica as that person as possible to follow so closely that the dust from the sage's sandals kicks up and covers the disciple, and they become indistinguishable. What do we look like if we're indistinguishable from Jesus? Next, we have the when of our scriptures. Still have your finger in the text? Six days after something... And if we flip back to chapter 16, we find that is when Jesus has predicted his suffering and death. So he feels the need to take them up the mountain after he has dropped that bombshell. What about the where? Up a mountain. Tradition naming it Mount Tabor in Galilee. Climbers say that Mount Tabor looks deceptively easy to climb from below, but is far more demanding once you're en route. Oh, what a view at the top, though. Worth the climb. 
might it be the same with our spiritual journeys? So we are over halfway there. We know the who is Jesus and some disciples. We know the when, after Jesus announces his certain death, a change so frightening and unwanted that at least one disciple steps out of line and says no to Jesus. And we know the where to be the challenging but worthwhile climb of Mount Tabor. We just need to tackle the what and the why. So what, pray tell, is transfiguration? That's easy enough to look up. The Oxford Dictionary says it is a complete change of form or appearance into a more beautiful or spiritual state. Merriam-Webster has a change in form or appearance, a metamorphosis, which in turn means a change of physical form, structure, or substance, especially by supernatural means. And supernatural means of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe, especially of or relating to God or a God, demigod, spirit, or devil. Transform is a synonym for transfiguration, and trans also means getting somewhere you want to go, as in transatlantic. Finally, we want to figure out why. Why does Jesus go up on the mountain? Why does he bring the disciples? Why does he need to be transfigured or transformed? If we only look at today's scripture, understanding seems quite far away to me. Some of us might just as soon write off the transfiguration as a made-up story from a pre-rational mind and not really pay attention to it. Or we may ignore our rational leanings in defense of our faith, but that leaves us there on the mountain like Peter, wanting to hang on to the spectacular like a proof without the pudding. If we look instead at the pattern of Jesus's whole life, or indeed the pattern of all life, while we might not be able to say with certainty exactly what transpired, we may get close to the why of transfiguration, to its meaning and application for our lives. I think Jesus being fully human is, like the rest of us, over the course of his life, transforming into who he is and showing us how it is properly done. Think about it. He starts off as a child being drawn to the temple. Remember the story when he is lost from his parents' caravan, leaving Jerusalem? And the temple is where they find him. Did he wonder why, instead of chasing goats with the other boys, he felt such a pull to the temple and interacting with the rabbis? I can't help but think of a transgender child who knows there is something more to who they are, and they are pulled invisibly toward it. Or the artist who, as a child, was compelled to draw in the mud, on the walls, on everything in sight, in a seemingly uncontrollable bid for their parents' sanity. The start of a journey to whom one is meant to be. As an adult, 
Jesus feels called to John the Baptist's radical ministry in the wilderness. He's called to be baptized, signifying dying to an old life and emerging to a new. In that baptism, he hears God call him beloved. The encounter spurs him to begin his own new ministry, midlife transformational career change. Anybody been there? Jesus then calls some disciples to accompany him on the journey. Follow me, he says, meaning like him, they will have to leave their families, their businesses, their homes, major transformation for them. And again, maybe for us too. Daunting, but it is just the beginning. After a little time on the road, the disciples have become accustomed to the life of preaching and healing, with Jesus leading the way. They are not really feeling the need for further change or stress. Stretch. Nonetheless, just before our story today, Jesus issues what is sometimes referred to as the second call. If the disciples thought the first call was challenging, it was a walk on a Galilean beach compared to this. It starts with a prediction of Jesus' inevitable death, not what they want to hear. They like the status quo. Peter says flat out, no way, Lord, not happening. And Jesus answers him with the famous, get behind me, Satan. Because for Jesus, it was more important to stay on the journey, each day becoming more like God and more like himself than even to save his life, as tempting as that might be, could Peter have hatched a plan that would. Had that happened, Jesus would not have lived the truth of who he was. It is here that Jesus issues the great challenge and call. Pick up your cross. Everyone knew what the cross was for, dying in the worst way. The full weight of the verse reads, if any wish to come after me, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Well, no one wants to die. But Jesus thinks there is something worse. He continues, For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? That is what is at stake. Our one and only life on earth hangs in the balance in our answer to that second call. Because to pick up your cross is to be human in the way God designed you to be. It is to walk the path like Jesus, no matter what challenges, as closely as you can to his model, completely aligned with God. That is why Jesus takes the disciples up the mountain if they are to be the light of the world as he has charged them, they need to understand the source of his power. Following Jesus closely up the really difficult path 
With each step, the disciples leave further behind the plan they had in mind. They die to it. Finally reaching the top, they find themselves no longer covered with dust, but with luminescence. They see the source of Jesus' strength and the beauty of it. They see communion between Jesus and God, a sharing of the spirit that is so beautiful and perfect it shines like the sun. They want to stay in it, basking in that light. But the light of the world, whose perfect waves reach long and far, is always searching out and overcoming darkness. And so in the final lesson of the day, Jesus brings Peter and James and John and us back down the mountain to a world of need and heals a boy. Light received displaces the darkness, illuminates and transforms the world. This is what is on offer as a disciple of Jesus. To claim our life as it is in God's vision for us, to claim our light by following Jesus' sometimes hard but always beautiful path and pattern of living, praying for guidance and strength, and moving into the world transformed by that, transformed and shining like the sun. Amen. Holy God, infuse us with your spirit and light. Give us the strength to be disciples of Jesus, to mold ourselves to his example of care for you, each other, and the world. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website www.godsacre.org or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.